You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Guidepost. This is uh, this is going to cover the recreational options on uh, Stripe Ass Addendum Two. The meetings are coming up fast as a freight train coming at us. We want to give you all the information that you need to attend these meetings and uh, and speak up for conservation. As a funny aside, this is the second time we're recording this because apparently I sounded like somebody had just kicked my dog on the first go around. Um, the little kind of, I don't know, I was a little wind taken out of my sail. So I'm going to be as high energy as I can be at, at, at 51 and slightly overweight. Um, don't want to risk any long-term health implications, but, uh, but I'm going to have, try to have a little bit more pep in my step on this, on this podcast than the one that ended up in the garbage bin. And today we have Will Poston joining me for a, for a wonderful back and forth on, uh, on the future of striped bass and what we can do to help them along. How are you doing today, Will? Tony, doing good, doing good. Uh, added an extra, uh, extra cup of coffee into my rotation this morning, uh, to make Cody happy. And I, I, it looks like, uh, you might've thrown a little espresso in your cup this morning. Oh no, quite the opposite. Like, so I normally have my little mug that everyone in the world has seen on these zoom meetings, but I had to take my son to school today. So I got the old 30 ounce Yeti tumbler and it's almost empty. So yeah, I'm kind of shot from a cannon right now. So, um, let's, you know, we'll, um, I guess this addendum is a, a little bit different than what our advocates have kind of been through in the past. Um, at the end of this podcast, we're going to go over, uh, days, um, that y'all are going to have the hearings in, in your respective states or jurisdictions for stripers. Some of those are going to be virtual. Some of those are going to be in person. If you can't make an in-person meeting, you can go to any virtual hearing in any state and speak your piece there and just say, you know, hi, I'm Tony from Maryland and I'm on this virtual hearing in, in New Jersey because I can't make the in-person hearing in, in Maryland and it'll all count the same. So we're going to do the best we can on this. Um, we appreciate y'all listening and, and we're going to dive right in. So we'll, you know, I guess one way to look at this is I'm pretty appreciative of, uh, of the fact that this document was trimmed down quite a bit and there are not a heck of a lot of options in there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the way this document was structured back in August at the summer meeting, you know, if that went out to public comment there, we would have had a lot more options to wade through and probably not that much of a difference uh, on the back end, like, you know, in terms of how uh, are we improving the probability of getting down to fi get getting fishing mortality down or, you know, are we saving that many more fish for the long term? Um, so where we ended up right now on these options uh, is far simpler and, you know, gets us to the same place. Um, so you know let's let's tackle ocean recreational options first um more or less this is a continuation of the emergency action slot limit 
Um, ASJ supported the slot limit back in May when the board took unprecedented action um, to constrain harvest on the 2015 year class uh, when you know we doubled harvest in 2022. Um, and you know we're ASJ is supporting that again right now because we still need to protect the 15s. Um, and you know we're looking at addendum two as kind of a, a placeholder um, set of regulations because there's going to be likely change uh, after the 2024 stock assessment comes out. So um, you know another kind of uh, rationale for supporting option B one. Um, one fish at 28 to 31 inches is, you know, let's, let's keep it. Let's, let's have some stability here in the, in the short term, because, you know, this is still going to save some fish and we're going to have to change again um, in 2024 after. Yeah. And uh, Will, it should just take note here. We are not supporting a mode split yep. in any way, shape or form in any jurisdiction for the, for the recreational sector. Um, you know, we saw, we saw what happened um, with a mode split in Maryland where um, the charter fleet, which is, you know, essentially comprised of, you know, at most 450 individuals uh, ended up killing uh, more stripers than the entire ocean charter fleet and the rest of the Chesapeake Bay combined because they were given a little Christmas present um, that enabled them to kill two fish and they're running multiple trips a day. And in the summertime, the fish are compressed here in Maryland in between the salt and the fresh water, pretty much about as easy as falling off a log to catch these things, uh, especially when you're throwing a live spot at them. Um, and, and, you know, it's just a turn and burn trip, get your limit, fill the cooler, turn around, pick up your next clients. And, and that kind of poor behavior resulted in, uh, in Maryland killing more stripers than the rest of the Bay and the ocean charter fleets combined. So we do based on that and that alone, we do not support mode splits. And this is going to kind of be one for all and all for one. Um, so uh, ocean's real simple. Oh yeah, totally. It's real simple. And you know, with the mode splits, uh, one of the ways I've been thinking about it too, right, is just this is not the time to, you know, be thinking or talking about giving one portion of this fishery more fish to catch and more fish to kill. Um, we've got far bigger problems on our hands than uh, than giving some people more fish than than the rest of the fishery. Yeah. And, you know, just as a side note, we all see the pictures of thousands of boats in New Jersey right now, just beating the brakes off of those stripers that are kind of following the Menhaden down the coast. And, you know, every, oh, my God, it's the best fishing we ever. Well, you know, come on, man. The, the, you have pulses. We know the truth. You have pulses of fish coming down. You have good days. You have tough days. It is not a shadow of what it was in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And the only people that you're going to hear that from are kind of have more self-interest than they do in the resource. Um, and it's sad. It's sad. You, you kind of hope that we'd all come together on this um, because there's no way, shape, or form that the Hudson or any other tributaries can produce what the Chesapeake Bay is producing. And if we aren't producing, 
it's going to hit y'all like a runaway freight train real soon about 2027 tony you're looking at you know the the bay's contribution the chesapeake bay's contribution to the coastwide stock is 60 to 80 percent no matter how much more productive the hudson you know some of these other more northern tributaries um may become they are not picking up the slack of the country's largest estuary um overnight you know and it's not like the bay the bay is is done for good we've had one of the best spawns on record eight years ago and above average spawns uh in 17 and 18 um this this producer region is not done we just need the stars to align environmentally to uh you know take advantage of the few fish that are still in the base system so you know that's one of these lenses we're looking at this document in particular like Let's leave as many of these bay fish uh, around. So when when the when the conditions are correct and you know favorable for a for another good spawn, we can you know double up. This on sounds it. will. This sounds like an educational moment to me. Yeah. So I'd we're gonna. So. I'm gonna walk through in one minute how striped bass spawn, so people understand once and for all. In the Chesapeake Bay, striped bass spawn in at least four waves. The biggest ones show up the earliest, the biggest females. And when they're, when they got spawning on their mind, they do not hang out for a long time. So at the mouths of all these spawning rivers, the Susquehanna flats, the chop tank, the Nanning Coke, the male fish congregate and they wait for a pulse of female fish. So that, you know, that spawn on a warm year, it could start as early as mid to late February. On a normal year, probably starts, you know, around the first week in March. And then there will be waves of spawning fish that get progressively smaller, smaller females, until the final wave, you know, at about 65 degrees, about, I think it's 80 or 90% of the spawning has occurred. So you're probably looking at that like sometime around the end of April, early mid May. Most of the spawning has occurred. So, Newsflash for everyone, that means that striped bass have kind of dealt with off years and on years, and they spawn in waves to kind of hedge their bets on that, okay? So, you know, you might have the perfect conditions in one wave and terrible conditions in the other because, guys, it rains. It rains. And you have high water, low water. You know, go to USGS and look at the charts for some of these spawning rivers and and you will see you know it is literally like right place right time and these fish know this they know this and that is when they head up the river however y'all knew a however was coming if we beat up a lot of small fish or we beat up a lot of large females guess what there's not a good age structure and that means that maybe there is the perfect opportunity to spawn but there's no damn fish to swim up the river because we beat up one year class too much or there, there's not enough giant fish left. So look, these, these fish are designed, designed to combat any climate issues, any, the, the whole spawning strategy, the entire thing is to hit the exact perfect time, which may occur even in a bad year. You may have a 24 or 48 hour window where those conditions are perfect, but you got to make sure that the fish are there ready to go up the river and do their business. And that is what we have been doing a piss poor job at. Speaking of which, Will, let's get into the Chesapeake Bay. 
the literal definition of a piss poor job. So, so the Bay options are just without a doubt a little bit more, or no, I shouldn't say a little bit. They are more challenging than the ocean. Um, there were um, more options that in the Bay that achieve conservation and especially in the Bay achieve far more consistency um, because as you know, we all know in the Bay the past several years, uh, the three jurisdictions have had far greater, um, you know, you're just dealing with a, a, a whole patchwork of different, different regulations, which um, does not make it easy for, for anyone, but it certainly does not make it easy for the fishery, um, the fishery scientists and those doing, you know, all these, uh, all these projections and data work. Um, so ASGA, you know, again, going back to all of this, five consecutive years of failed spawns in the Chesapeake Bay, Maryland's portion, um, we need to act more conservatively and precautionary in this region. Um, so considering that ASGA went with option B1, which is a 19 to 23 inch slot limit, across all the Chesapeake Bay jurisdictions using the same seasons in 2022 um, and, and is for all modes. So again, no mode split. Um, everyone in the Bay is subject to uh, you know this slot limit, which again, if the ocean can handle a small slot limit, the Bay can too. Um, yeah, and it's one inch bigger than the ocean too. It's yeah. one inch wider. Yeah, even that. Um, so will will here's a, here i'm gonna feed you a, a meatball here oh yeah this will also protect the average 2027 and 20 uh, i'm sorry 2017 and 2018 year classes which have not fully left the bay correct that that is correct so um in 2024 I'm looking at the chart right now the 18s are going to be you know on average 26 and a half inches um and the 17s are going to be on average 28.7 inches. So, you know, you're definitely still going to have a, a good bit of those um, 2018s still in the bay. And, you know, you'll definitely have some, uh, probably a little bit less proportionately, but you'll still have some of those 17s hanging around the bay. Um, and, you know, some, some bay jurisdictions had kind of an upper boundary of, of a slot limit, um, but others didn't. So, you know, you're, with with option B one, uh, you're protecting both those year classes immediately, um, which will be a huge uh, or not not I shouldn't say huge, but it'll be a it'll be a help. Hey, you know, at this point, every little bit helps. And you know, folks, you'll also note we're coming back around to the beginning of the podcast. We do not support at all mode splits in the Chesapeake Bay. That was on this option list as well. And we 100% firmly believe that in order to get this done, to get this done, you, 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 you can't give people concessions. Doesn't work. Um, so same for everyone. Everyone gets one fish, 18 to 19 inch. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, eight. Not well, hold on. Same as um, 
It looks like 18 18 DC, 19 Maryland, 20 inch Virginia and PRFC, max size 23 inches, option B. Um, so before we go on, there's one last thing that we're going to cover on here, and that's uh, an issue of board discretion. And we'll get into that in one second. But, you know, everyone wants, everyone's starting to talk about like, oh, catch and release fishing. You know, it's the boogeyman. It's killing so many fish. Well, look, we have not criticized NOAA at all for their overestimation um, in their fishery effort survey. But I can promise you, if that if that impacts one thing, it's going to be catch and release mortality. All right. That's the one thing. And it's going to lower it because they overestimated the effort. And catch and release mortality is based 100% on effort, right? So if you go to page 37 of um, ASMFC documents, Stripe Bass FMP, FMP Review Physical Year 2022, it's a PDF. You go to the ASMFC website and download that. They use a realized change from harvest in 2017. And then what is the percent change from recreational mortality in 2021 and 2022? Because there's less fish out there, with the exception in New York and New Jersey. So you got to think, okay, there's less fish, people fishing less. That's going to lower mortality. So here we go. Maine. This is the difference between 2017 and today. 2021, 25% reduction in catch and release mortality. 2022, 55% reduction. New Hampshire, 71 and 26% respectively. Massachusetts, 64 and 55% respectively. Rhode Island, 91% increase and then a 39% decrease. Connecticut, 41 and 46. Delaware, uh, sorry, Maryland, 50 and 56. I've been telling y'all nobody's fishing here anymore. Virginia's even worse, 60 and 76% drop in catch and release mortality. Now, the two shining, well, I mean, look, New Jersey takes the cake. North Carolina's pretty high, but when you catch zero fish, if you catch five, you have a pretty substantial increase. But the shining star of all of this or the or is New Jersey a 237% increase and a 186% increase in catch and release mortality along with um a 76% and a 106% increase in harvest plus release mortality okay these are the people saying it's the best ever. We're crazy. Let us keep killing fish. Well, we need that bonus tag. Oh, by the way, we'll get into that later. But we looked at the numbers. And uh, according to the tags returned for, for New Jersey, they caught 29 fish a day from the opening of the of the bonus tag season to the end of it. 29 fish a day. At 24 to 28 inches, that was the rate at which the tags were returned. Are you kidding me? Are you joking? I have pictures of people walking down the beach with dead 30-pound stripers, broad daylight. They, they, it, there is a sl wholesale, so they're still using the damn snagging troubles. 
God, get these people under control. And same thing with Maryland. So the reality is, is there, if you took out New Jersey and New York in 2022 with their 146 and 186% overages and release mortality, you have 55% reduction, 26, 55%, 39%, 46%, 56%, 76%. So congratulations, congratulations, ASMFC Stripe Ass Management Board. You have done such a terrible job as a whole. There are some great conservation-minded commissioners, but you have done such a god-awful, abysmal job at managing these fish that you have killed effort. You have done it. You have solved the conundrum of catch and release mortality because catch and release mortality has taken a massive reduction thanks to your uh, foresight and, and awesome management of your strategy of let's kill all of these things so nobody can fish anymore and we collapse the coastal economy. You're halfway there about. So good job. So unless... Any of the commissioners, I will repeat it in case that they want to look at it. It is page 37 of the Stripe Bass FMP review uh, year 2022, the PDF. Go to page 37. You solve the problem. Gah. So I'm done with that rant. Um, Will, let's, let's bump right to the next thing of board discretion. Yeah, I mean, Tony, this is, you know, probably one of the more impactful options, um, you know, because, again, considering all these other options are going to be in place, most likely just for 2024. Um, so when it'll probably come out at the annual meeting um, for ASMFC in 2024, which is, again, in October, it's at some point the Stripe Bass Board is going to receive a presentation uh, from Katie Drew and the other technical folks at ASMFC reviewing the 2024 Stripe Bass Stock Assessment Management Update, um, which, you know, again, there's no one has a crystal ball here, but considering five consecutive years of poor recruitment in the Maryland's Chesapeake Bay, which, again, is the gold standard and is you know kind of it's batting it's batting a thousand more or less about predicting um future striped bass abundance we have a very hard time believing that there aren't there is not going to be needed uh another management action is not going to be required after this meeting um and again we're we're fine with that because we need to get this fishery back on track and rebuild by 2029 and and uh, give give all of us the best opportunity to maintain that rebuilt stock after 2029. Um, so this option, 3.3 uh, response to stock assessment, ASGA is supporting option B, which is going to give the board authority to just make changes at that meeting after that stock assessment without going through the addendum process. And this is going to give us a lot more time to get this fishery back on track because if we went through the addendum process, you know, you're looking at a year, a year and a half of just wasted time when the board could go through this process over the summer and kind of, you know, shape out potential management options. And then boom, right after they get this uh, information at the stock assessment, implement changes. Um, so we're far more supportive of that. You know, we're, we're, 
were, were um, you know, uh, th this is like the the most precautionary fisheries management option that we have. Um, and uh, a criticism you will hear is lack of public comment. Um, and, you know, the board is just going to act, you know, as a, like a unitary and just a it just you know smashing its hammer do this do that but there is no nothing in this option that precludes you being the public sharing your thoughts with commissioners from now until uh <laughs> until this option may or may not be used so all of us like tony and i will be at all of these stock assessment hearings we're going to be at all these um asmfc staff meetings Oh, Will, there's going to there's gonna be no surprises. Yeah, yeah. Like once yeah. we I, – so, folks, listen, we got to go to these meetings. I understand y'all are working, and, you you know, Will's going to go over this hearing schedule right now, and you're going to be like, crap, man, that's like two hours away from my house. It's at 6 o'clock. Traffic's going to suck. No way I can get there. Just go to a virtual meeting, okay? Go to a virtual – we're going to do the best that we can. All right, we're gonna do the best that we can. This is the holidays. I got. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. We just we just finished doing this last holidays with y'all. Just I I know I know y'all are gonna do the best that you can. Y'all the most awesome advocates out there, and we all have one singular mission to save these damn fish. Okay, so Will's gonna go over the meeting schedule, but we can't do anything but be honest with you. Okay. Listen to the commercial, the part two of this podcast, because we got some serious things that we're very upset about with the commercial sector in the Chesapeake Bay, not the ocean. Commercial fishermen in the ocean are, are, are towing the line. They're, they're doing their job to, to restore this fishery. They're taking the reductions with us. Chesapeake Bay is not, and they need to immediately. Um, but we got to go to these meetings. We got to show up. But listen. We're going to be right back at it. We're going to be right back at it come October 2024, one year from now. And between now and then, me and Will and the rest of the ASGA team, we're going to be on every single one of these stock assessment update calls. We're going to be taking notes. We're going to be telling you all what's going on, what we think is going to happen. So if this board discretion thing happens, we will empower you all with information far enough ahead of time to where even though it can happen without board discretion, that y'all can submit comments to directly to the board, to your, to your state directors, everything. Um, but we just, it, it's, it's a terrible decision we have to make, but we cannot get caught up in a year and a half of, of playing whack-a-mole with the striped bass management board going back and forth and all this madness when we could be fixing the fishery. We'll, we'll be too far behind the eight ball. And that isn't your fault. And it's not our fault. It's five years of bad spawns because, frankly, Maryland DNR couldn't manage a goddamn hot dog cart, much less a fishery like striped bass. So, Will, let's rattle off some dates. We got a couple coming up this week, and then we're going to have a little bit of break during Thanksgiving, and then they're going to be roaring right after that. Yeah, so we're starting off uh, November 15th, um, this Wednesday, in New Jersey for a virtual hearing. Um, again, the link is on our website on ASMFCs. Um, and again, to reiterate, you do not have to be from New Jersey to attend this webinar and provide input or just attend the webinar and, you know, uh, kind of 
go through all these options from the staff presentation and then go back to your desk at a later time and write your email and submit your comment. You can do any of that or all of that. Um, after the 15th, we were going up towards Connecticut uh, on November 16th for an in-person meeting. Um, and then, yes, like Tony said, we've got a bit of a, a, a Thanksgiving break. Um, and then the next meeting will be in Delaware on November 28th for a hybrid meeting. Um, so those are kind of the first three three meetings. Uh, Tony, we'll probably have a, a podcast after um, those first two, kind of you know updating everyone and go, can go through more of the the schedule from there. But um, you know there there's a there's a handful of meetings. Um, so you know if you can't attend this 15th virtual one or the 28th virtual one, uh, you'll have three other opportunities. Um, in December to attend a attend a webinar and provide comment. Um, I think alternatively, the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission is going to have a pre-recorded um, presentation on their YouTube page that you can also you know take a look at and then again submit your own comments via email. But um, all the, all this information, all of our positions, all of our rationales, this whole public hearing schedule, how to provide provide public comment is on our website on our blog so um you know if you, you missed any of this or just you know want to uh download it again on your own time head on over to to our website and and have at it and get your comments in before december 22nd that is the deadline thank you all so much for listening you got any questions or comments send them on in to comments at saltwater guides association uh, dot org and if we read them on the air we will send you a brand spanking new pair of coasters um thank y'all uh not everything's doom and gloom we can save these fish gonna take all of us we have the best most educated advocates in the world and we can all do this together thank y'all for your continued support Thank you for all the letters and comments. I'm sure y'all are going to send in and, uh, you know, we're just not going to quit until things are better. So, uh, hope all y'all have a good day. Thank you for listening and, and we'll be on here again real soon.